All right. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Kuden Radio. Um, let me start off by saying that at the risk of, I don't know, getting people to click away or whatever, um, today's not been a good day. So, you know, if I'm – what the hell just happened? If I'm acting a certain way, if I'm sounding a certain way, my back hurts, my neck hurts, my ass hurts. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I'd lead off with the victim thing and see see if I can still – garner credibility and, I don't know, uh, a positive perspective uh, that people might have on me. Anyway, let's talk about that more when we come back. That'd be cool. So, the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. All right, hey, we're back. And uh, for those of you who missed it, like uh, I pseudo-whined. <laughs> before I did that little um, intro. <laughs> um, but you know what? <laughs> I'm tired of hearing that shit. <laughs> I really am. Right. Um, James and I work our asses off. Right. Um, just making things happen. James came in looking all grumpy this morning because we had website issues and whatnot. But I didn't hear a peep out of him the whole freaking day because he was just working on getting it done. Right. So anyway. What the hell does this have to do with anything? Well, um, the how do I start this? I, my head in my head. Anyway, um, so one of the things that I keep encountering, right? And you know what? I'm guilty of it as well, or at least I was way back when I first started. And um, luckily, I had uh, mentors who would kick me in the ass when I did it. And they would either do it overtly or they would do it indirectly, like a lesson in class. Now, the lessons in class, I don't know that they specifically taught it because they were talking to me. Sure felt like they were talking to me, right? But now that I've been a teacher for how many decades, um, they probably weren't talking to me specifically. But, man, did I hear myself in the lesson. And what I got in many different forms had to do with whether it was whether it was self-belief or it was being mindful of my actions. And those actions could be thoughts. They could be words, right? They could be plans. They could be internal chatter or visualizations. Uh, you know, daydreams, night dreams, whatever. And of course, you know, most people, when they think of actions, they think of physical, uh, actual doing kind of things. Um, but to be mindful of them because they're all influencing my world and my reality. Okay. So we're, we're all martial artists. We're all trying to be warriors, but all too often, we get caught up in only thinking in those terms or about that, that realm when it comes to somebody physically attacking. 
And I don't know, while some people, and I mean like a small percentage, are willing to go into the, the, the realms of personal responsibility that somehow, in some way, directly or indirectly, habitually or not, they have, they have allowed themselves to send signals that just attract certain types of attackers, right? Um, like I said, it's a small percentage, okay? Because ego doesn't like to look in the mirror, right? But the same thing goes when it comes to success, right? And one of the coolest things that I think I ever discovered um, was how the kata, the models, the training, wasn't just about ducking punches and kicks and sword cuts and, and those kind of things. And it wasn't just about me moving to certain positions and presenting certain targets or moving others, holding myself a certain way or whatever, you know, using the Henso Jutsu disguise and impersonation or just the overt skills to influence my assailant's decision making but how they were also models for doing that same thing in the world. And all of my really close students that have been around for a long time, uh, James might be one of them. He might have been around for another, what, a couple of weeks, right, James? Anyway, so you can't see him. I'm looking at him. He's He's got himself hidden like the ninja that he is. Anyway, um, I, I'm a huge fan of living intentionally rather than accidentally. And that means that there's a constant process of self-checking, a constant process of reviewing results, those kind of things, right? As opposed to just making the assumption that because I believe it to be so, then it is, right? And therefore, if things aren't going well, if they aren't going right, then it's somebody else's fault or the world is conspiring against me or all kinds of victimish victimhood kind of uh, kind of beliefs right so anyway um, we for those of you who have been following along uh, we are in the process of re-releasing upgrading revamping whatever um, our uh, online long distance uh, needs to training program right uh, not just the black belt, but into the black belt levels. And this will also allow me to, you know, add new levels because I've got students that are either approaching those levels or students that could use the resources. So uh, leading up to, I think it was leading up to, right, James? Leading up to uh, the actual, like, start date that we decided, right, that we were going to roll things out uh, where we were opening the doors for enrollment. Uh, on module one, right? And all, all my modules have, they have cool martial names and warrior names to them, right? Because, um, you know, ego needs to be stroked before it'll take action or threatened before it'll take action. But um, module one, right, the foundations of ninja self-defense uh, mastery, right? We, we're making these things standalone programs. So whoever looks into it sees, oh, I could use that, right? So they could do it a la carte or, they could do the whole thing. It doesn't matter. But 
what I was doing was using teasers, right? I'd, I'd post something, I'd send out emails, I'd post on, uh, on the Facebook pages. I can't remember if this was on Facebook or uh, James, I don't know if you remember or not, but either way. Um, so one of the questions that I posed was because it gets people to open their emails, right? It, it sparks curiosity, which is one of the universal motivators for human beings, especially if you do it with an open loop, right? And what that means is you pose something, but like a question or you start a topic or whatever, and then you, um, well, I'll tell you in a minute. Um, so, so that's an open loop, right? I only gave you a couple of seconds. Okay. But what happens is ego leans in because it doesn't like unresolved things. So one of the psychological influencers, right, is to leave open loops and like I'll do this in class. We'll, we'll be discussing something, uh, technique or a certain topic or whatever. And then I'll do a, a, a little story that's related to it. And then I'll pop over and do something else that we'll be working on next or that somebody will be working on in the next module or whatever. And then I'll come back to the original topic, right? Every time that I suspend something to do something else, and then I'm going to come back, right? That thing holds people's attention longer because ego doesn't like unresolved situations, unresolved problems. That's why people typically, most people do not like open-ended movies like cliffhangers, right? Where when it ends, it could go one way or the other, right? Um, people hate those. By and large, most people hate those because it doesn't give an ending to the story, okay? Now, it could open the door for a sequel later or whatever, but sometimes there's plenty of movies, right, where it just ends that way, okay? But the reason people don't like it is because they weren't given an answer. Like, what happened, right? Did the hero die? Did he not die? Did this happen? Did that, okay? But either way, right, there's this, there's this uh, open loop kind of thing. So what I did... See, I created an open loop by talking about an email that I sent out, okay, or a message that I posted, and then I got to talking about open loops, and now I'm going to come back to the email, okay? It's just an example of how to use it, right? So the message that I posted was, why am I upgrading or why am I relaunching my uh, online training program? Yeah, and, you know, it... it the open rate on emails and the engagement with messages and all that was, was higher than usual, right? As, as it normally is with things like that. But somebody posted because it's not selling. So you're going to try again. Actually, he didn't even say try again. He just posted because huh, it's not selling. Okay. So, uh, you know, good guess, but wrong. Right. Um, because we've got plenty of people in the program. Right. As a matter of fact, what I did and how I did it must have been so influential that somebody else that's kind of top of mind for a lot of people in this art um, copied the approach. As well as what? One or two other programs just in the last week or two. Right, James? Okay. You want to un unmute yourself there or pop on so that 
uh, I don't know, we planned on laughing about this because uh, while a lot of people take it, um, take it as a, as an affront, right? The greatest compliment somebody could ever give you is to copy you. Mm. Right. So um, we just kind of chuckle. Right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so one, uh, they're wrong, but two, uh, when, when little things like that pop up, usually I don't have time to worry about them. I don't have time to mess around. So I just, I just go about my business. But every once in a while, and people need to remember this, right? When they're being an asshole or a jack wagon or whatever online, right? Um, it, it's nothing for somebody to click on your name or click on your profile thing or your, or your avatar or whatever and go see what you're all about. Okay. And they're not just going to read your bio. Okay. They're going to scroll down your timeline and see what kind of things you post. Okay. So I did. I clicked over just to see, you know, if it was the same trollish kind of person. Um, but what hit me first was at first glance, at least the way they think they're presenting themselves, that's not what came across. What came across was uh, their name, which everything was the same. They were using their name, which is great. They weren't hiding behind a, um, I don't know, needle dick the mud fucker, uh, you know, online screen name or whatever, saying hi behind their goddamn um, supposed anonymity. But anyway, because nothing screams bravery like I'm going to talk smack with a fake name and hide behind a VPN and all that shit so you can't track me down. Anyway, um, so get over there. And not only like it's it's them. Right. But. What really struck me. Because, you know, I do corporate workplace consulting and, and things like that. So what struck me was they're a financial planner. And they had this whole thing set up describing what they do and how they can help and all that. Um, but the first thing that my mind went to was, is this the image that you want people to bump into before they find out that you're a financial planner? Or is it the thing that you want your professional clients you're a financial planner, somebody's at least middle class, if not upper middle class, and looking to uh, leverage their money, right, make investments for retirement, like they're trusting you with their financial well-being. And their trust, and then and that comes, what, what that comes with, whether anybody believes that this is fair or not, it comes with certain perceptions about the person that I'm trusting with my money. I'm trusting with my investments. I'm trusting with my life after I'm too old to work to remake the money. Right? So here's this professional front, but there's the actions and activity of somebody who could be unemployed or an asshole teenager or whatever just not giving any thought to the concept of right speech. Okay? Um, because whether we like it or not, right, people's perceptions, beliefs, viewpoints, whatever, are based on 
at least in the beginning, first impressions. But impressions can be changed and altered because somebody bumped into a piece of information or a comment or what. I mean, shit, people are getting canceled left and right in today's world, right? All they have to do is, you know, wear the wrong colored shirt, right? I, who knows, right? So, uh, but they're not giving any thought to this. And so, you know, a client's moving down the line and everything's going well. And all of a sudden they get this piece of information okay, um, that can really throw things off. Okay. Speaking of which, I wasn't going to cover this one tonight, but let me, let me share a story that really highlights this and how I personally had somebody that was looking out for me. So they were in an influential position reached out when something bad happened in our community. And then I had to reach out in less than three hours to please tell them to stop helping. Okay. So a bunch of years ago, uh, my dojo was in, in another town over and, um, I get this phone call from the head of the news department for like one of the biggest radio stations in the area. And, I was like his point of contact when, when he was doing a story and wanted, wanted an opinion or wanted to do an interview about uh, a crime thing or, uh, you know, safety, self-defense, whatever. So we knew each other well, and I had been on a couple of his specialty shows. Uh, he had this thing called Roundtable. And anyway, he calls me and he says, um, you know, I, 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 I got to let you know about something, and I, I, I want your permission to, to handle something. So here's what's happening, right? There's this guy who has the same first and last name that you have, right? His name is Jeffrey Miller, and he beat, and I can't remember at this point if it was wife or girlfriend, and harmed his child, right? Now, your middle initial is M. His middle initial, I don't know what it was, F or S, or, I don't know, something like that, right? And he said, do I have your permission to mention you on the air? Because what we'd like to add to the news story is this is not the Jeffrey Miller that runs warrior concepts. I'm like, holy shit. Yes, please do. Right. Well, next thing I know, I had students coming into class or whatever. Where they're, they're, they, now they didn't believe what they were hearing. But their family members were contacting them or friends were contacting them. Do you hear what happened? Do you hear what your teacher did? And they heard the news story, right? And they're like, no, 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 it's not him. It's somebody. No, 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 it's absolutely him. They said Jeffrey Miller, Warrior Concepts. Blah, blah. Well, what they, what people were missing, because they only vaguely listened, they missed the word not. They missed, they missed just little pieces of information, right? So these things were coming back. And their attempt to help, because people don't fucking listen, right? They're not mindfully aware. They believe that they are, but they're not, right? It was actually causing the opposite problem. So I called them and I said, you got to stop, right? I'm getting all these reports back that people, you know, my students are being called, my family's being called or whatever, by other people, other friends. I even had one family member call me like, you should be ashamed of yourself. You need to go to jail. 
you got to stop, man, because everybody believes that it's me. And they're like, no, no, no. And they read the news story. I said, I believe you. I believe what you're putting out. Because I've had students that have heard the, the thing, right? But you don't understand the way people only have listened, okay? So they were trying to run interference on my behalf. I ended up having to run interference between me and them because their intention wasn't working out so well. Okay. So, but here's the thing, right? Here's this, this perception, right? We, we promote warrior concepts as the premier self-protection and personal development Academy in the central Susquehanna Valley, right? East central Pennsylvania region. Okay. And I know how bold that sounds, but, I mean, think about it. Most martial arts schools teach one style. We have nine schools just at Hatsumi since they had war, uh, had Soke ship of, not counting all the other stuff and not counting my life experience, background as a federal cop, all that kind of stuff, right? So if people are looking for self-protection, I'm willing to bet my baby's college fund that they're not getting the same, the, the same quantity, quality, degree, depth, or anything from anybody else. And that may sound cocky, but it's not. I'm more than willing to compare resumes with anybody anytime, right? And I know who the people are. uh, I know a lot of the people, or I know of them within the Bujinkan, who either because of law enforcement, security, military, or whatever, have similar resumes, right? We didn't all do the same thing in the same places, but, you know, (laughs) we're all, you know, in that realm, right? So this is not a marketing ploy with some kind of thing that will push people's buttons, right? So why is it put out there? Well, it's put out there because certain people are looking for the best that they can find, and they know that that comes with a price, time, effort, resources, whatever, okay? I'm not marketing to the Walmart brand or to the, to the people looking for, um, the cheapest rate or free, but believing that they're going to get, you know, a, a full on class schedule and, uh, you know, whatever. Okay. So anyway, so what I run into was this, I'm going to use the term supposed professional. Okay. Because the people that he was marketing to based on, structure and and the way he wrote things out and whatnot, it was obvious that he's marketing himself to like corporate C-suite or senior managers and people that have a nest egg that they want to, you know, make sure one, it's safe, two, that they can grow it, and three, that they're going to have, they're going to have a comfortable life after they retire. Right. Well, whether we whether we want to believe it or not, that comes with certain perceptions on the beha- on the on the on the uh, on the part of the people that we're looking to hire us. Okay, trust and those kind of things. And they're they're not looking for childish comments. They're not looking for the, these clients are not. And it, because I work with C-suite people all the time, they're not the one to see a comment like he posted on my thing and go, Oh snap. 
oh, you got him. That's not them. They're that's going to make them pause because then when they see what he does and his promotional material, that's called cognitive dissonance because there's going to be a huge disconnect, right? Uh, because when we think of, you know, whatever. Okay. So anyway, there were a couple of uh, little questions that popped up in my head and I'd like to share those because this, this points to, um, now, again, my, my guys that are in the Sanji Shichi Dobo and 37 Fundamentals Leading to Enlightenment course, we're about to wrap that up. We've got two more classes left, but they've, they've been through many of these things. Um, there's also a pre-webinar on one of the topics they just finished up two weeks ago, right? Seven Characteristics of an Enlightened Mind, okay? And one of those seven characteristics is understanding karma, understanding the law of cause and effect, right? understanding and and not running around with this diluted sense that I can think anything I want, say anything I want, do anything I want. And well, that might not play out the way like, you know, you say it will. Uh, no. Okay. Specific actions produce specific results. If that were not true, then we would not be training. We couldn't trust the kata. We couldn't trust the lessons. We couldn't trust the skills. We couldn't trust uh, a teacher or a mentor's uh, past experience of using the same processes over and over again to produce the same results, right? I mean, if we want to believe in mental brats, well, that's not that it's not true, right? If we want to believe that the universe is controlled by mental brats' um, law of chaos, now, that exists, but... That's not just the way things work, right? Because if that were true, I mean, if, if anything could happen at any time and nothing was going to play out, right, then every night that you closed your eyes to go to sleep, and while it's true before a certain age, right, or after a certain age, there's no guarantee you're going to wake up in the morning, but we all go to sleep perfectly fine. No thoughts about dying in our sleep or anything like that because... Right. The chances are greater. Right. Because it's just the way a human life works. Right. It's the same thing. Job's going to be there tomorrow unless I'm a dick and do something to make them not want me around anymore. Same thing with my partner in crime, also known as my wife. Right. I mean, you know, the, there's there's something to be said for understanding how this thing works. Okay, But. I, I do believe that a lot of people never give it any thought or when they're called on it, ego steps up to use things like, well, it hasn't happened yet. So it's chances are it's not going to happen. Oh, OK. Well, you know, you haven't broken your leg yet. So chances are, you know, that's never going to happen. You haven't died yet. So chances are that's not going to happen. Right. Um, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, so anyway. So I, I jotted down a couple of these things. It just kind of popped up um, when I was writing down this idea of this idea for a for a uh, what do you call it? for an episode, right? Are we still good? Is my my screen shifted here a little bit? We're still good. Okay. All right. So uh, so this this seven factors or seven characteristics of an enlightened mind. Again, one of them has to do with uh, karma. Okay, it has to do with understanding how this thing works, 
Okay. Now it's not just as simple as an action, a thought, word, or deed produces a specific outcome, right? Because there's two types of karma. There's direct karma. Those are things that we can track, right? There's only ever one direct karmic influence that produces any given thing. But there are an innumerable, that means a shit ton for those who don't know what the word innumerable means, right? Um, number of secondary or uh, indirect karma because everybody's thinking, speaking, acting, whatever. All this shit's bumping around in the world and stuff, right? So, but what that does is it can slow the fruition of an action down or it can speed it up, okay? And it can cause it to manifest a certain way. Like this guy's action, okay, um, of typing this thing out, okay? Well, that's a direct cause that if somebody sees it, I mean, you know, my wife and I do well. Guess who I won't be calling to do any kind of financial work, right? And not because he slighted me. It has nothing to do with that, right? His comment spoke volumes, and his assumptive thinking spoke volumes about if you're doing this with a comment, how much are you playing around with assuming or how much assumption goes into you're playing around with other people's money. Okay. Of course, the other thing I'm going to add, I'm going to uh, wonder too is, you know, um, how's your money doing? Okay. So, uh, but there, there are these, there are these things, right? So, uh, well, James, we were talking about something earlier today too, that, that came into this when it came to, um, people's, uh, people's thinking because what i want to talk about obviously during this one is karma's a bitch right and being careful with things oh the foundation of things right the the hindrances right, mm, right. yeah those kind of things anyway so here's just a couple of a uh, couple of things about uh what i jotted down with this thing right and, and again you know he's a senior he's a senior financial advisor right so he's not just a financial event advisor a an accountant who's a uh what do you call him an associate in a firm or whatever, right? Not only is he a senior financial advisor, but he runs the company. Okay. Um, anyway, there's that, right? So, uh, again, my first question was, what does the comment say about that person? Who would trust them with their money and or financial matters? Okay. And I came up with three. For those of you who know me and had been around for a while, you know that I tend to use the three and one, one and three principle. That's a big crux of the Yoko school, right? But um, who's going to trust them? Okay. Who would trust them with their money? Right. One are those who don't know this side of him. Now, everything's going to go well unless they find out. And if he's willing to toss that out, right, um, what might he be saying behind somebody's back. Okay. This is one of the things that I always look for when uh, somebody was leaving a job or getting out of a relationship. Okay. Um, I was single once. I was single many times. But anyway, um, if immediately somebody jumps to slamming their ex and that's a part of our, you know, initial conversations, okay, they don't even know me that well yet. We're not even connected yet. 
So if they're willing to do that to this other person, what are they going to say about me when things are not perfect between us going down the road? Okay. They can't keep relationship matters to themselves. They can't whatever. Okay. So they're, they're fishing for an ally, but we're not even friends yet. Okay. Same thing. Somebody's complaining about a former employer or the, you know, whatever, right? I've had people come to me asking me about, um, you know, working for me. Okay. But for the last months, years, whatever, all I heard was you slamming this other person that you work for. Huh. Interesting. And you just did that publicly out to everybody. Okay. Why would I take a chance? Because if I don't toe the line and do what you want, chances are you're going to do that to me too. Okay. Um, so anyway, right? So people who don't know this side of him would hire him, right? As long as everything else looks right. Okay. Uh, second group that would hire him are, are those who like him. Okay. Um, and the third one is those who know but don't make the connection to his personality or trustworthiness or knowledge or judgment of others. Okay. So number the, the second group, those who like him. Okay. Uh, we talk about this all the time, right? James and I are always talking about this. Uh, we talk about this in, in some of the other programs. Uh, and I know I've mentioned this at least, I don't know, a gazillion, no, at least once or twice in Kuden, right? That if you show me your five closest friends, one, you're the average of that group. Two, I'll show you your future. Okay. Um, and that's not just a me saying it, right? Uh, one of the most wealthy people in the world, Dan Pena, has said that, right? Um, I think Alex Hormozzi has said it. Um, whatever. There's people that uh, Denzel Washington did a big speech about that stuff, right? Um, what was that? And again, I'm going to paraphrase. Uh, if you find yourself in a room with five millionaires, you'll be the sixth. If you find yourself in a room with uh, five uh, knowledgeable, well-educated people, you'll be the sixth. Right? And he goes down, down a whole list. Then he gets to the end. If you find yourself in a room with five lazy uh, people who avoid work and uh, are irresponsible, you'll be the sixth. Okay? Because that old saying that uh, birds of a feather – flock together. It's not, not true. Okay. But those who like him and are going to trust him with their money, they don't just like him. Chances are they're like him. They're the same personality. Okay. And the third group are the ones who know, but they compartmentalize everything directly or indirectly. And so to them, there's no bearing be between the way somebody operates over here and the, the way they operate in any given realm. Okay? And there's no Chinese saying that the way someone does anything is a good indicator as to the way they do everything. Right? So, um, my big, my big concern for him, and again, this is, you know, I, I appreciate that he got to be a, a negative role model for 
um, this thing that I wanted to talk on. But this is this is the this is the the introduction to the lesson for us. Okay. Um, but anyway, back to this, right? So uh, here's the thing. He's leaving evidence that will, at some point, right? Remember the rule of the law of karma. Right? We'll talk, come back and talk to, talk about karma because I'm sure I'm confusing the shit out of some people because how does karma have anything to do with cause and effect, right? Uh, because of the definition somebody gave them or they believed or whatever, right? Um, so he's leaving evidence that will, at some point, have a karmic effect on him and his livelihood. Okay, so one of the noble eightfold paths, one of these eight conditioners of our life experience, okay, um, that is in our mikyo, is right livelihood. Okay, but again, here's one of those misunderstandings because to most Westerners who know the word livelihood or who use it, it's almost exclusively used to identify what, James? Their job. Their job, their career, how they make how they make a living, right? But that's not it. It's also their choice of where to live, how to live, the people they surround themselves with, right? The thing the choices that they make for their life experience, who they allow into their realm of influence, all that wonderful stuff, okay? And so, again, it's not just about how you make a living, but how you live and interact with others, how you present yourself, all those things. And I know, because I used to believe this as well, that it's not fair. People shouldn't judge a book by its cover. People should accept you for who you are. And all, But, you know, we're not wired for that, okay? And this is not something that social conditioning is going to fix because the human brain is wired with lots of defense mechanisms. Okay. And those defense mechanisms keep us on the alert for things that are different out of the ordinary, right? Dangerous, all those things. Okay. What social conditioning does is it changes and brings other things into uh, into the mix for what the amygdala, right? It's actually our early warning trigger, right? That's, that's always on, looking for danger. What it does is it brings other things into the mix that is identified as a threat or could be a threat. Because way back in the day, the threat was anything that would kill you or eat you. Saber-toothed tiger. Another clansman with a spear or a rock or whatever, right? What do we have now? Okay. Well, I make a decision or somebody else screws me over or whatever and I lose money. I could be homeless because I've got bills. I've got a family to protect, right? Way back in the day, right, I needed to protect the family from something that would eat them or kill them. And I needed to be able to kill something so I could feed them. Now, most people don't do that. Most people have a job or they go into business or they do something, right? Who knows? Fill out a form, right? To get money to be able to take care of those things. And anything that threatens to disconnect that flow is a threat. 
right? If someone, and again, we, we have our, um, our five needs and five weaknesses. That's a part of the ninja's um, psychological warfare area, right? We all have them, okay? If something threatens or triggers one of those fears, that's problematic. If something threatens to cut us off from, remove, or prevent us from getting one of our needs, that triggers defensive action. Okay? So unless we're all going to get a whole bunch of freaking, not just frontal lobotomies, but they're going to go in close to the brainstem and destroy the amygdala, right? Which when it triggers, it sends signals to the hypothalamus, whatnot, right? That sends muscles and all kinds of things into action. Unless that's the thing, no amount of social engineering is going to change that threat detection ever. And anybody that is succumbing to that kind of influence, right? They're being all accepting. They're being all of these kind of things, right? Either they have put on blinders and have chosen a naive, a naive perspective, right? So they don't believe that anybody is out, they're ever going to be a target or whatever, or they're running around trying to make sure that everybody likes them. So they're not going to be a target or um, they are faking it because they don't want the powers that be or the mob or whatever to target them. So we're going to toe the line. Okay. Well, so much for warriorship. Okay. Now I get compassion. I do. Okay. It includes empathy, sympathy, those kind of things, right? But compassion, and this is straight from enlightened teachers that I've worked with in more than one place, compassion has nothing to do with being nice. Compassion is recognizing that someone needs help, someone needs assistance, and then there's the willingness to help them, to give them what they need to either fix the problem or move to the next level. And if you can't, then you'll at least be a support or not interfere. Does that make sense? Right? So, but it has nothing to do with being nice. Anyway, so there's not a lesson on, on karma, right? But here's the thing. Let off with this guy, but as the title of the episode is, karma's a bitch. Okay? Because karma, like compassion, is pure. It's, um, it's, hmm, it's cold, right? It, it plays itself out. If we line up a whole bunch of dominoes and hit one and they're positioned right, each one is going to knock the other one over. I mean, unless we get in there and intercede, then there's nothing to stop it. Okay? So what are we doing? 
right? Are we being mindful of these things, right? Are we, do we have, do we have our, I'll call it the microcosmic focus, right? Do we have our, our little mind, right? That's focusing on day-to-day details. Do we have that operating based on the microcosmic vision? Okay. Said another way, do we have a vision of the life that we want to be living? Or do we have a vision of, let's just keep it in the martial arts realm. Do we have a vision of not the rank we want to hold, but the skill set we want to have, the abilities we want to have, the kind of problems we want to be able to um, handle, right? And then does our day-to-day training make sure that we're focusing on those things because the things that we do day to day, the thoughts, right? And these are all habitual things. We've been talking about this stuff in the 37 fundamentals course. So this is going to sound like, I don't know, singing to the choir to the guys that are there in the girls that are in that program. Um, the actions, right? The, the habitual tendencies that we have, the thoughts that we have all the time, the word patterns that we keep using, the habitual actions we keep making, right? As we build this ladder that's supposed to get to the star or the roof of the building or whatever, right? Each one of these things is a rung. And it has to play itself out. This is not belief. You know what? I should probably back up here, right? Um, one of my guys, uh, Sam, uh, from upstate New York, um, when he saw the, the little promotional slide that we put up for the Kuden and stuff, he posted, right, um, that karma is one of those misunderstood things that, you know, everybody nods their head about. They think they understand, but they don't. As a matter of fact, um, we'll bring that up if I can find it quickly here because uh, I don't want to misquote. Right. It was something else that somebody else posted today, and I'm hoping that like he actually responded to me and gave me permission. If not, I will, um, I'll um, paraphrase. Okay. I asked somebody for permission to quote from one of their things today, and I don't know that they gave me an answer. So uh, let's see, where is maybe? Let's see. Do you know where it is, James? I'm looking. I'm trying to remember which <laughs> which of my many pages um, it would have popped up on, and he uh, commented to it. Maybe. Oh, what's that one? Nope. That's not it. Anyway, we'll just keep on going here, right? But it was um, Sam, and he... Uh, he posted about the, the this idea of karma, right? That people don't understand it in the context that it was originally passed down in. Um, uh, so we should probably do that, right? So the word karma in Sanskrit, karma, right? In Pali, it's kama. So if you ever see it written that way, no, they didn't misspell it, okay? So kama, K-A-M-M-A, is from the original Pali uh, language. And karma, right? 
is uh, the Sanskrit variant. But way too often, these words are translated just badly, right? It's kind of like the uh, my, my reply to him was this is like the omyodo or the yin yang symbol, right? And how people butcher the shit out of that or the ohm symbol and, and whatnot, right? And they just come up with all kinds of crap, right? Um, it's, it's a good luck symbol. It's a power talisman. It's a whatever, right? Uh, I just had a conversation with somebody. Was it a week or two ago? We had an intern working for us. Um, uh, actually, one of the universities had this program and they paid for a, an intern for a bunch of weeks for us, right? And was it her, was it her last meeting with us? Yeah, it was the last meeting, right? last week last week yeah and so uh we had this uh weekly planning meeting and whatnot and i gifted her with a pack of incense that came from one of the temples in japan and i slid across and she said thank you but i could feel her starting to tense up and i said now before you freak out that swastika that's on there does not mean what you've been taught that it means Okay. Unfortunately, since the late 1920s, that symbol will be forever bastardized in the Western world because people associate it with what? Nazis and the Nazi and Nazi Germany and that kind of mentality and whatever. Right. And I said, but that is an ancient Buddhist slash Mikyo symbol that means the same thing as the yin-yang symbol, okay? What the Nazis did was turn it on its axis and flip it backwards, okay? But it still kept one of the similar meanings, which was um, like infinite, like something that would last forever, okay? But it's, it's energy in motion, okay? So... If you can envision one of these things, I know some people can't even do that without getting triggered, right? Um, and I know what my response was the first time I saw it, because I was stationed with the Army in South Korea. And for weeks, I was in this in this uh, club that we were all relaxing in and whatnot after duty. And remember, I was a military policeman, so and I was a counter, I was trained counterterrorism, all that kind of stuff, right? So this Korean guy's coming around with a with a briefcase. He's opening this thing up. He's like, you know, I want to buy some jewelry. Right? No, 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 thank you, right? And um, that's where I got my lesson from. He said, this does not mean what you think it means. This is an old Buddhist symbol. Okay? It means the same thing that the yin-yang does. Okay? It's a static image of energy and motion, just like the yin-yang. Okay? So how do you draw motion? How do you, right? So in the case of the yin-yang, what you have is this bulbous kind of curved teardrop where things are, are rotating. Like if you put that image on the hub of a tire or a, uh, a bicycle wheel or something like that, right? You'd get varying shades of gray depending on the speed that it was turning, right? Um, the Korean version of that actually has three parts to it, okay? But it means exactly the same thing. The swastika is the same thing, and it's actually on the mandala, Right? So, but if you can imagine two sticks that are fastened at the center to make a plus sign or an X, and then you have a streamer hanging off of the tip of each one of these, and then you rotate that, that stick, or that, that 
plus sign, right? What do you get? Well, the streamers are going to straighten out at a 90-degree angle from the tip of each stick, right? So, again, right, if we're easily triggered, then we're probably not all that smart about the thing, okay? And we're not anyway i'm not going i'm not going to dive into that because that's just going to irritate the shit out of people because ego likes to believe that it already knows everything and then even in the face of of contradictory facts right truth it will still friggin' hold on to the other thing because it'll default to its preferred belief system rather than okay and mikio is all about bringing your belief system and your view and your perspective on the way the world works and the way you are and the way the connections are and all that as close to ultimate truth as possible, the way things actually work. The closer you get, the less, the less abrasive life is, the less, um, the less swimming upstream you're going to be doing, all that kind of stuff, right? Just like in a combat situation, the more we can tune ourselves into the attacker, and not just be doing our shit while he's doing his shit, the more we can let him lead the dance, the, the easier it is to handle him because he's showing us how to kick his ass. He can't come at us without exposing things. But if we're always concerned about our style, our, you know, what will people think if I use something that's not an official skill or technique, or at this rank I have to, well, no, nobody's going to think much except we miss him because, um, we got our asses handed to us, okay? Anyway, so, uh, but I, I, I gave her this thing, gave her a little lesson, and she just, she relaxed, right? But I'm betting that if she uses it, if she didn't throw it away, she will probably not show that to anybody else because of the fear of not being accepted, even if she has the facts or the truth about what what's going on. Okay. So, anyway. So, um, anyway, do we have any uh, questions or comments that have popped up so far before I like take this any farther, further, further, as they would say around here? <laughs> uh, just. Dave Fletch said happy Monday and Julie said hi. That's it? That is it. Wow. Well, I appreciate you guys listening in. Maybe the rest of them just fell asleep. Who knows? Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, karma. Karma, karma, karma. Okay. Not chameleon, but karma. Okay. Get it? The song? Anyway, it's an old guy thing. Anyway, all right, so karma playing itself out. Well, see, most people associate karma also with negativity, right? So let me get back to the definitions. Sorry, I almost forgot that I left an open loop. Karma, the word karma or comma simply means action, but it implies cause and effect. Okay, Shrey Sensei, one of the master teachers in Japan, in his best broken English, right, with Japanese syntax, always says, good action do, good situation make. Now, action could be thought, could be word, could be actual physical action, could be a plan, 
could be not saying something, doing something, acting, whatever. Okay. Um, good action do, good situation make. Bad action do, bad situation make. Okay. So, but it just means action, right? And it, it implies cause and effect. Okay. Karma is itself neither good nor bad. Again, another contradiction for a lot of Westerners because karma is almost always used in the context of, right, bad karma, man, bad karma, okay? But anytime that we do something and it produces a positive result, it's still a reflection of karma. Now, if it'll help, and we use this in Nikyo a lot, right, positive karma playing itself out is, is usually called merit, okay? We're, we're building up merit, okay? Negative karma, karma, right? But that's still a line for the unenlightened mind because it needs, it needs opposites. It needs polar kind of things, right? It's either this or it's this. And it has a hard time with the gray area in between, okay? Um, it has a hard time with understanding that any action has negative and positive potential built into it from the very onset. Okay? And nothing is either positive or negative, good or bad or whatever. It's equal. It has equal potential to be either depending upon the secondary influences. Okay? But there are a few, there are a handful of ones that are, that are, you know, we just see as negative, right? Like killing somebody. Okay? But here's the question. Was it justifiable self-defense or was it murder? See, the secondary right, uh, influences, the variables, the, the other conditioners, make it what it is. Because in either context, a life is taken. But what caused that action, right, and then perspectives and all these kind of other kind of things, right? And we have to deal with this, right? I mean, we're, we're all martial artists. <laughs> that means for fun or for education or whatever, we hit, kick, lock up, cause pain to and whatnot other human beings. It's bad karma, man. You're causing harm. But are we causing harm? Okay. Right? every time I think about this thing, I think about something Ishizuka Sensei said to me one time right after my accident when my, my back was all screwed up. He said, oh, it's a perfect lesson. I'm going to do this thing. It's going to hurt, but I'm not going to hurt you. Do you understand the difference? Yes, Sensei. Okay? And here's the thing. A lot of people don't get that. Right? There's this thing within our art right, that's become fashionable and only a handful of people know why. It's called soft training. Okay? Soft training was supposed to be, right, we're going to train at a, at a controllable speed and a controllable intensity. And that could even be slow, but you don't have to go fast and you don't have to go hard because a properly applied or executed technique hurts all by itself. If you're, I, I, you were in class night, James. How many times did I say, repeat to the students? If you're working 
right? If, if, if it feels like you're working, then you are. And if you're working, the technique's not right. Right? It should feel like if it was effortless. Okay? But that doesn't mean it won't hurt. Not you. You're okay. Okay? Pain will be caused because these techniques are designed to break a human body. But what we're doing is we're training slowly and we're training in a controlled way so that we can take it to a certain point. You both understand the lesson. But you understand, holy shit, if I were to take this a little farther or I were to go faster, your freaking shoulder would have blown apart or whatever the thing would have been, right? But the lesson was based on people screwing around and they were getting hurt or they were hurting their training partners or whatever because they didn't understand the freaking lessons, okay? And so because their techniques were shit, what they were doing was the infantile response, which is to go faster or harder. And what do I say in class? Okay? Doing a technique faster or harder doesn't, or doing a, a wrong technique, a technique that, you're, that, that you are not doing properly, right? Doing it harder or faster doesn't make it right. It makes it wrong, harder and faster. Okay? So nothing like racing to failure, right? <laughs> so, um, but the, the, the idea of no pain being associated with soft training. I don't know where the hell that came in. I wasn't there for that note. I wasn't there for that, that kind of thing, right? And even my discussions with Isuka Sensei, Hatsumi Sensei, whatnot, about this this misunderstanding. And they just smile, shake their head, shrug. Because they can't do anything about people's belief systems. They teach the lessons. But people aren't listening. Right? So this goes back to that, that meme that I shared a while back. And I should have copied some of the stuff and left it there so I could read directly from it. Right? But um, the, the meme that was uh, when a stupid person hears uh, something a clever or intelligent person says, they will always mistranslate it. Right? Because they have to translate it based on or in a way that they'll understand. Now, I added something to that just today, right, in a comment down below it because I shared it, right? So I had a big thing at top, right? But what I shared was, or in a way that they want to hear. Okay? So, uh, but again, here's this thing, right? But karma, right, a properly executed technique. Karma plays itself out. It will cause pain because the techniques are designed to break or disassemble a human body. As I ask students every once in a while, once in a while which, part, which part of martial do you not understand? Right? Martial, having to do with warfare, combat. Okay? These techniques are designed to beat, break, or render a human body inoperable. Okay? So we do the best we can to insert safety mechanisms, but if the safety mechanisms that we're inserting make the pain go away or make discomfort go away or whatever, then I don't care what you're doing. Technique's not right because the technique's hurt. Now, that's a, that's a far cry from 
hurting or trying to damage your partner. Okay. I applied a, an arm bar to somebody morning class. Where was it? Morning class? I think last week. Okay? Maybe it was the evening class. Anyway. Um, and at the moment I did this one little piece, he had added some resistance and I felt his elbow slip and I immediately disengaged. Right. And, you know, we fixed it for him and things like that. But I didn't intend to hurt him. Right. But as, and as soon as it occurred, right. Quick apology. Right. Sorry. Are you okay. Right. Let me, let me, let me make a little adjustment right here. Put things back where they're supposed to be. Whatever. But there was no, there was no exertion or intent to cause harm. But the technique itself, how much, how many pounds per square inch does it take to blow an, a, an adult elbow or an adult knee or the shoulder or whatever? Not much. Okay. 65 pounds per square inch for an adult male. Okay. Uh, for the knee, 15, I think, for the elbow. Am I, am I close there, James? 15 for the elbow, something like that, right? Uh, 18 to 22, depending on the size of the shoulder, right? Um, so not much, right? But again, see, every time we make a decision to do something, okay? But I've been dancing around this thing, right? Because, again, the law of karma is that it must play itself out. Now, there, this sounds like an out, but it's not. It must play itself out unless acted upon by an equal or greater karmic force. Now, that sounds like, ooh, if I can create some karma, right, what I can do is I can cut this one off so I don't get, you know, I don't get myself beaten by my own stupidity. Okay, yeah, no. What you can do is you can slow it down. You can, uh, you can stretch it out or uh, in some instances you can minimize things right but you still have to pay the piper okay and my my concern for the young man who posted his little comment was i hope that his livelihood is not at stake if he's hoping to get a contract or uh, you know a client or whatever where some significant coinage for supporting his family is involved and before or even after the contract signed, they don't bump into stuff like this and go, oh, hell no, because they're concerned that they'll be seen in the same light because of association, right? And if you don't know how that works, then you haven't been watching the news or Facebook or whatever bullshit's been going on in the world. Okay, so anyway, so why is karma a bitch? Well, on one side, we've got ignorance playing because we we want to do whatever we want and we want to believe that, you know, as long as nobody saw it, as long as nobody uh, caught me at it, whatever today. Right. Then it's all good. Right. The the end justifies the means so to speak, right? So there's an ignorance thing that plays with it. But the other thing is we misunderstand 
the playing out of things, because just like people want to avoid, they want to, they want to involve themselves in martial arts because see, there's this fantasy thing that goes on, right? I want to imagine myself. Now they would never use these words, right? But I want to imagine myself the baddest MFR on the, on the block, right? I want to imagine myself to be the super warrior or the superhero, right? Even though I know that whenever conflict pops up, I cave or I, I go into escape mode or whatever. Right. They want to do that, but they they don't want to experience that kind of thing in class. Okay? We see people do that every once in a while. Now we we put the kibosh to it right away, right? Um, where somebody likes hurting their partner, but as soon as their partner even starts to do the technique, right, they flinch and fold and and whatever, right? And that speaks speaks of psychological problems that go way beyond not wanting to feel pain. But what we don't understand is that karma in the negative sense, karma being a bitch, right? Pierces through the delusion, pierces through the ignorance and shows us where we need work, shows us where our opportunities for growth are. Okay. And if we can summon up the courage, then we can combine all these lessons. Okay. Karma must play itself out. Karma has an intensity factor and it has a time factor. Okay. will play itself out unless acted upon by an equal or greater karmic force. See, here's the thing in Mikyo. Everybody wants to do Mikyo until they, just like they want to do ninjutsu. Um, we have some t-shirts on, uh, here's a shameless plug, on WCIDragonsden.com. We have some t-shirts and some mugs and things like that, right? And some of these things say, everybody wants to be a ninja, so it's time to do ninja shit. Or everybody wants to be a black belt, so it's time to do black belt shit. Right? So... We're, we're okay with, you know, people not buying those because, you know, who wants to wear them unless they're like, yeah, because they're not faking it. They see it around them all the time. Okay. Um, everybody wants to do Mikyo because it seems like they can recreate their lives, you know, using magic or whatever. Right. I, I think I just covered this last week in the Sanchez Yobon program again. And I might even have mentioned this in class, in, in the dojo, right? You can always tell where someone's limit is, right? When these hindrances start to pop up, okay? I'm talking about the hindrances here in a moment. I'm not going to go into all of them, but uh, James and I were talking about something earlier that, uh, remember when I was ranting this morning, James, and I said, I just don't understand how people cannot produce more results or how they can hide behind ignorance and all that when they carry a fucking supercomputer in the palm of their hand and they've got access to all the freaking knowledge that's ever been amassed by human beings. Yes, they have to have the discernment ability just to, to navigate the shit that's there. Right. But that's just a matter of like, you know, not just doing one Google search and whatever. Right. But, um, you can always tell where someone's limit is because it's one step short 
of the thought or feeling or actual spoken word that sounds like this. That's too much fucking hard work. Or that's just too much work. Okay? So their limit is one step before that moment. Okay? So I can, you know, you can look at to see where people have stopped. Life-wise, career-wise, relationship-wise, martial arts training-wise, all those. Because it's one step short of their litmus test for it's going to be too much work. Some people take one class, never come back. Why? Well, on one side, the goal was to take a martial arts class or to, to take martial arts. Well, congratulations, right? You only needed one class. Okay. But two, they had the fantasy based on movies. They had the fantasy based on video games, that whatever it is, right? And then they got into that one class and realized, oof. This is going to be hard. Yeah, this is not for me. Okay. So, but again, same thing in Mikyo. Okay. But here's how Mikyo handles karma cooking itself off. Mikyo accelerates the cooking off of all bad karma. Which means... It's not going to be pleasant for a while. You actually trigger it to happen. Otherwise, it's resting in the subconscious storehouse as what this translates into English as a stinking seed. That when the conditions are right, just like a seed in the ground, when the temperature's right, the moisture's right, the nutrients are all where they're supposed to be and whatnot, that seed will germinate. A root taproot will go down, stem grows up, it becomes the plant that we see above ground. Okay? So these are the analogies that past masters use, right? But this requires an inordinate amount of bravery and intestinal fortitude. I, and the stuff that we're covering in the Sanji Shichi Dobon program, while I call it Mikyo, it's actually the precursors to actually doing Mikyo proper, right? It's all the base lessons that all that symbolic stuff is going to keep pointing back to. So a syllable or a gesture or whatever represents a freaking ginormous lesson or truth, right? It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the lazy. It's not, okay? Karma is a bitch, but what we're going to do is we're going to bring the bitch out of her cave and we're going to let her do a job because until we cook it off, just like this guy's comment, until it gets cooked off or until he leaves. Now, that's always going to be there, but until he does a bunch of positive karma or generates a shit ton of merit that speaks of him being a very different person. So this, when it cooks off, is minimized in comparison to all of the other karma he's put into, into action. It's a stinking seed waiting to bloom. 
Okay. So, right. Anyway, um, where was that? What else was I going to go with that? Uh, the karma. Oh, the thing we were talking about this morning. Anyway, do we have any questions or comments before I talk about that before we wrap this up? Uh, just that Florida Budo said that he's on. Oh, cool. Welcome, welcome. All right, so, um, James, you remember the conversation, right? Where we were talking about, um, how did it get sparked off? Because it was about somebody complaining that they didn't have something or there was this victim mindset. It was... God, we're surrounded by these freaking messages all the time. I want to, but I can't. I want to, but I can't. I can't because I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth or you don't understand. I didn't have all the benefits that you had or they had or what. Oh, I know what we're talking about. We're talking about Jeff Bezos and um, and all these people that, you know, people resent these days because they don't need that much thinking money and, and, and you know, whatever. Okay. Be, like they fell out of the freaking sky as this person. But we have photographs of like, what did Amazon look like in the very beginning? I can't remember. Was it in his garage or what is it? The basement? Which one was it? He was in a garage. Yeah. He had this shitty desk, his old freaking computer. Right. And the first, logo the first sign for amazon is one that he freaking drew freehand and put amazon.com and like taped it to the front of his desk that was the the sign to the to the company right and what we were talking about was not just like all the hard work and and how they had to like go figure things out and like he had to he had to learn to code he had to learn like how to make a website and how to how to do all this stuff right oh speaking of which um, sorry, this, this is not an intended open loop. Um, did you notice the new uh, logo for um, for Twitter? It's now an X. Did you, did you see that? I heard about it. I haven't seen it. I heard. Okay. It. Um, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's interesting because Elon Musk just went full circle because he started off. Uh, he was the creator of PayPal. Right. I mean, people know that, right? But PayPal wasn't PayPal in the beginning. It was X.com for exchange, right? He brought the X back, right? Anyway, sorry. So what we were talking about was, you know, this was in the the infancy of the freaking Internet, right? But what we were talking about was, uh, and this kind of coincided with another uh, branch conversation about, what I mentioned earlier, right? People spending more time worrying about other people's opinion of them or these other influences that are going on, right? That, you know, if they don't toe the line, if they, you know, what if I fail, whatever, right? And so we're talking about these guys, right? And if you don't think that a guy deciding that he was going to start at, like, and grow the biggest, because that was his goal, right? The biggest online shopping site, right? During a time where 
um, they didn't exist, okay? And you're going to make the biggest one, but you're in your garage and you got a shady secondhand desk with a hand-drawn sign, right? And you're doing this stuff. If you don't think that a bunch of family and friends were like, um, yeah, okay. Or maybe even a wife going, well, I support you, honey. But meanwhile, thinking, just another fucking boneheaded plan, right? Not going to work out like the other ones didn't, right? Okay. And then that brought up James mentioning a former CEO of Coca-Cola, who's doing well in his own right. However, James, why don't you share that little piece of the story? He was, uh, like, best friends with Bezos at the very beginning, and he had the opportunity to get in with him. like high school friends or or college friends or something, right? Right. So not just, like, acquaintances. Right, and he offered him the chance to basically go in with him as co-founders of the company. uh, 50-50. Right, and he had said that at the time he was already, I believe he was already getting set up with Coke at the time. And he thought that was his best route because that was, you know, the quote unquote safe way to go more guaranteed. And, you know, like they had talked to him much later now with the success of Amazon. He's like, you have any idea how much money I would have just like he does. If I went that way at the time, I mean, he obviously has, has done well for himself, but he said, you know, comparatively speaking, he could have been way far along and probably and faster. sooner, right? Faster and sooner, right? But, but again, karma is not just the choices we. Well, we all whether we decide to go in a given direction or we decide not to, that's still a karmic action. It's still something we put into into play, right? People think that if they don't act, that's nothing. But no answer is an answer. No action is an action. Right. Because you're either choosing to stand still or choosing to go in a different direction. Right. Choosing to wait. Whatever. Okay, So. There is no safe thing. There is only putting karma into action. Okay, so and while this guy has done well for himself, he's also had to put up with a butt ton of shit because. For anybody that thinks the CEO, CEO is just doing well, that was another thing we talked about today, right? Everybody's envious of the CEO or the, or the lawyer or whatever, whatever, right? It's not the fucking office working. Everybody else is busting their ass. He's out at the golf course. Yeah. Who's he on the golf course with? Right? He's on the golf, golf course with other company heads, other lawyers, other influencers or whatever. And if they're not talking about the possibility of something, they're in the middle of something, right? Because they're going to be business partners or they're making sure that they actually want to be business partners before they actually sign the thing or that contract got signed on the freaking golf course. Right? And so what's the difference? Well, the guys that are busting their asses are trading time for money. What are these guys doing? Brokering million dollar or billion dollar deals that keeps everybody else getting a paycheck because the money doesn't materialize out of nowhere. And unfortunately they don't teach enough economics and shit like that in school for people to understand how this stuff works. 
it's just easier to, you know, get have you have a basic education so that you understand how to fill out your tax form or fill out an application without, I don't know, spelling too atrociously. Right. Um, so. Karma's a bitch. Right. But where our conversation went this morning after talking about this stuff and people having no idea. Right. We just need that much money. Really? 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 Okay. When more often than not, the people that don't have it are more likely to say, if I hurt myself, I'm going to sue him. If he offends me, I'm going to sue him. I want the government to go after his ass. So where do you think the money's coming from to pay the fines that they end up having to pay or the settlements or whatever? So, yeah, they need to have a ginormous freaking slush fund that doesn't go into their pocket. It's sitting off to the side to pay lawyers, to pay for settlements, to pay for successful or un- whether they win or lose, they're still losing. They're losing a shit ton of money. Just to defend themselves. Just like you might have to do if you successfully defend yourself against some asshole who decides to jump you. If we're not preparing for that part, that's why we have the eightfold, the, uh, um, the uh, strategic, right? The eight phases. The eight phases. There we go. Jesus Christ. The eight phases of uh, effective self-defense strategy. And the last one is defending yourself against the legal system. Right? Every one of those phases is, is, is a different realm of self-defense. Right? General awareness. What might I have to deal with? Being very, very clear about what the whole realm is about. Right? Um, situational awareness. Paying attention and knowing what to pay attention to. Because being hypervigilant or being paranoid, you might see something. But chances are you're going to be so distracted at trying to look at everything that you're going to miss the thing that's coming at you, right? So what am I supposed to be looking for, right? The first, the, the first lesson or the first skill set in uh, situational awareness is understanding how to establish a baseline in the environment that you're in so that your amygdala can work properly to identify something that's different and stands out. You know, the thing that everybody wants to kill? Right. You should see everybody is equal, man. You should see everything. You shouldn't make snap judgments and all that kind of stuff. There's a fucking part of your brain that that's what it's wired to do. And if you're in this for self-defense or personal, whatever. Right. You better you better have a whole bunch of shit out of the way so that that thing can function or in your naivety or in your willingness to. Let everyone be themselves to the point where you can't see a threat for a freaking rainbow fart. Then I, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Okay, and this is all this is physiology and neurology and things that are key pieces. Do you have to know them? No, but you should have an idea that that's important. Just like the legal system kicking in at the moment you have to act or don't. Either way, it's going to kick in. Whether you're victim, perpetrator, or defender, right? And after that, the choice you make in that moment, 
karma's a bitch. Because karmic, karmic things will play themselves out. Your need to defend yourself and your choice to do so to what degree or not is the direct karmic piece. Everybody can see that. That's the obvious. That's the duh moment. Okay? But laws, agenda of the DA, the way you communicate your description of how the situation played out, your karmic or your karma that you build up leading up to that point. Thinking a bunch of people to say you're an asshole, are you going to track record of, you know, having your anger lead or threatening people, whether you ever carried it out or not, whatever, all that stuff. Karma's a bitch. Or carry yourself very differently, right? And whether you did it intentionally or accidentally. I move into a town, meet people, whatever. I meet the cops. Okay? Go to martial arts school. Most people would... Most people tend to believe that we would rather kick somebody in the eye than say good morning to them. And if you don't think that a DA or the, the jackass's defense attorney isn't going to paint a picture of you having pent-up aggression and you've just been waiting for the moment to use this stuff, if you don't think that's going to come up in a court, in a courtroom, with 12 people who are selected because they're not martial artists, self-defense practitioners, and or military security people. You know how I know that they won't be on there? Because I've been called up for jury duty three, four times in my life. And I've gotten thank you, but no thank you, as soon as they saw my occupation. And I've called up, I'm like, no, 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 I've got time. I can set time aside. Well, see, you know, we're worried that, you know, that would make you biased toward. Biased to who? To the defense or to the DA? I mean, why would you not want people that know what, whether something was, uh, you know, a, a justified defensive action or the person was, you know, what, what? Okay. Every single time it's been because of my occupation. Security consultant, private investigator, self-defense expert, whatever. Okay. Interesting, don't you think? Okay. So, how well are we going to be able to weather that? Okay. How much control are we taking of, taking of things? Okay. How much training are we actually doing? And when we do train, are we training to mimic a model so that ego is satisfied or are we making sure that we're thinking about environmental factors, size disparity, legal ramifications, other people being around that I might have to protect and that's going to change decisions about skills used, uh, tactics and strategies, whether or not I act, those kind of things different types of weapons, or am I letting my belief about whether this weapon or that weapon should be legal or not, this action or that action should be okay or not, that, or my willingness to ignore it? I'd rather be tried by 12 than carried by 6. Really? 
and you know nothing about trial science. And I promise you, there are people that were justified in their actions and are sitting in an orange jumpsuit someplace. Or halfway through, they killed themselves because being carried by six was preferable to kind of to the kind of negativity they were dealing with being tried by 12 and having their life drug up and all kinds of things that they had grown past or not or what. So as the saying goes, we are free to believe anything we like. That's the cool thing about being a grown up, but we are not free from the consequences of those beliefs or those actions. Karma's a bitch. Okay. So this is not about do or not do. This is not about act or not act. This is not about telling you what, what you should be believing or not. This is a cautionary tale based on the comment of one person and my YouTube channel, my videos, my whatever, right? They're rife. God, I get to pick how many people, James? Holy shit. Comments, right? One guy, right? I mean, here's a neutral one. It's obvious this guy's never been in a fist fight in his life. I've been in very few fist fights because those are easily avoided. Right? But I've dealt with trained killers. I've arrested and wrestled to the ground terrorists and shit like that. So fist fights? Seriously, that's what you're going to compare? You're absolutely right. I've been in very few fist fights in my life. But I've also been in occupations where I couldn't back down and I had to go get that guy who was fully armed, had lots of friends, and a mistake one way or the other, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So I don't have conversations with those people. But what they, those and the ones who throw around, you know, insults and those kind of things, right? But they're hiding behind anonymity or right or not, right? They're leading with their ego. They're leading with a ignorance-based belief system because they know nothing about me, and they're trying to translate things based on a couple of second video to a couple of minutes, right? They're leading with all these things, right? But what they don't ever consider, or at the very least, they're hoping that it never happens, right, is they're leaving evidence behind is the kind of person they are, And they don't give any thought to who they might be triggering. They're not triggering me. But what if somebody really cared deeply about me and they were triggered by the comment? What if this person finds themselves in deep shit at some point in life and either the DA or the other guy's attorney in their discovery process, scrapes social media and finds all these comments and finds the bragging, the threats, whatever. Karma's a bitch. You know, well, why don't you say something to them? I don't have to. The number of stinking seeds that they are filling their subconscious with Man, they're like a farmer with a ginormous frickin' farm and huge silos because they need them. 
And at some point, somebody's going to lift the little hatch and they're all going to come spilling out. Christians might say, leave them up to God. Buddhists typically don't say anything because they're generating their own negative thought, words, and deeds, their own bad karma. Right? Everybody has their own little thing. But what's the ultimate goal? Right? So understanding karma is on the microcosm. Right? What generated this? What's it going to generate in the future? But ultimately, this points to at least one of those conditioners, and that's livelihood. Not just how are we living now, but what's the vision? Because that's going to determine whether any given thought, word, or deed is good karma or bad karma. It's going to play itself out. One will sabotage the realization of the dream, and the other one creates, enhances, or accelerates the realization of the dream. Just like in a self-defense situation. Every action, every posture, every facial expression, right? every tactic, every move, moves things closer to resolution or delays it And it moves it in the direction of resolution to your benefit or to his. So that's why my first teacher in the art called this stuff enlightened self-protection and not just ninja self-defense. All right. What do we have, James? We should probably wrap this up. Uh, Phil's on. Say good evening. Philip. (laughs) <laughs> hey, don't fail. And that was it. You know, we used to have lots of questions. I'm either putting people to sleep or I'm making souls crack open or I, I don't know what the hell's happening. Anyway, thanks for signing on. Appreciate it. Okay. Anyway, uh, we have gotten more and more comments from folks about uh, binge listening to uh, Kuden, so I appreciate that. I know that we have way more people listening after the fact than are on live. Um, but one of the reasons for doing these things live is so we can we could have the interaction. So uh, hopefully you're getting value out of this. And here's the thing. Here's I'm going to ask a favor. I would really appreciate it. Karmically, it always comes across better when a student or a listener or whatever says something as opposed to when the teacher or whoever says it, right? Unless I have, unless I would have celebrity status, in which case people believe them if they said they shit, you know, they shat a golden turd, right? Um, Because, you know, I want to be just like them. Really? Have you listened to their music? Really? That's, that's what they stand for. Awesome. Okay. Um, in the comments, if you're on YouTube, do it there. If you're on Facebook, do it there. If you're on Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever. In the comments, now you can also put in parentheses, don't use this. This is just, you know, for this interaction. But 
if you don't put that, then I'll assume that it's okay for us to use it. Uh, I, I cycle through these on, on the web pages. I put, if you've ever seen, if you've signed up for a Friday virtual class, I've rotated through some little blurbs that people have put. I've done it on uh, some of the other pages and whatnot. Um, but what value, what do you get out of these things? Okay. Other than free training. What do you get out of this? Okay. What keeps, what keeps you coming back? What have you learned from it, from any particular episode or whatever? Okay. Because I'm going to read those as how I'm generating positive karma. Because my job is to faithfully pass on the lessons to give others the tools that I've been gifted to be able to better more easily and more efficiently and effectively create the kind of results and outcomes they really want to be having. Okay. But what are you getting out of it? Phil's told me why he drives, what, a third of the way across the country or a quarter of the way across the country, right? At, he's, he's, he has a warp drive in the cell in his car, I believe, right? So he hits warp drive and Anyway, so uh, bad karma, bad karma, Phil. <laughs> anyway, right? So I, it, I, I would appreciate it if you would leave a little uh, comment or whatever. And please don't, I, I don't want the comments to be, right, Daishi Unknown is great and really explains things is fantastic, right? The difference between a testimonial and a case study, a testimonial is just a positive statement about the person or about the program or what. And that's fine. Right. But what really. Produces good karma. That helps somebody else make a decision one way or the other, or that um, gives them a reason to pursue something more or deepens their interest is when you can do a case study, like these things have helped me realize this, I've made these changes and now I produce this. Or when I came at this, I thought things were this way. I got these lessons, had some doubts, put them into action, and now I made this happen. Okay, One of my guys uh, in the Sanjay Shiji Dogon program, right? And again, he's using the word Mikyo as well, right? But um, this is where we're coming back to hindrances, okay? Because as a part of the little uh, little conversation James and I had earlier, right, just I could not, I cannot, for the life of me, understand why people still have so many freaking complaints and excuses and shit like that about not being able to know truth to not be able to act on things, to improve their situations and whatnot, and to not be able to move forward when it can't possibly be because they don't know how. Whether it's a tablet or a phone or their fucking laptop, they have access to all of the friggin' amassed knowledge that's out there. James, 
your girlfriend had a car problem the other day. Yeah. Yes. And was it was it that there was there was something that wasn't connected or something like that, right? Was it was it you that where they they looked up a YouTube thing? And my question was, holy shit, did they even have a freaking video about that make, that model, that little thing? Was it you? Oh, right, right, yes. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, it surprised me too. But I went straight to YouTube, looked it up, and there it was. <laughs> Everything short of the freaking color of her car, right? And, like, if you, what can you not find? Right? I mean, shit. They, 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 they will ban somebody for using the wrong pronouns as hate speech, but they let terrorist organizations have videos up where they're shooting people and dropping their bodies in the fucking river or how to make a bomb or whatever. I think they do it because they're afraid that those same groups are going to come and fucking target them, but they're pretty sure that the other people that they're banning aren't going to do anything. So other than complain, right? But anyway, um, so I'm going to write off knowledge because it's not, it's not possible in today's world to not be able to find a teacher, mentor, even if they're not face-to-face. I don't have to pay them anything. I got it for free, right? The number of things that I've had to fix in my house, and I am not a Mr. Fix-It, that I simply looked up a YouTube video, and it walked me through, do this thing. Holy shit, right? So the only thing that's left are these timeless hindrances that are in the pre-study for Mikio. Self-doubt, right? I don't believe I can do it, or I don't believe I'm worthy of it, okay? I don't trust myself, whatever it is, okay? Laziness, slothfulness, could be procrastination, could be, right? I'm already on the couch, and on the couch is one step short of it's too much fucking work. Whatever it is, right? Not willing to put in the effort, okay? Um, Distraction. I've got too much shit going on, and I can't prioritize, right? That's just, I'm just going to stop there with three, okay? But it can't be ignorance as in, I don't know how. I get it. How many things do we look up on a regular basis every freaking day, right? That some part of the website broke. Shit, right? Okay, how do I fix that, right? This thing needs to, whatever, okay? How do I use chat GPT? to uh, create an outline of things that, God, I, it used to take me freaking weeks, if not months, to do all the research on a certain student type, right? They're, let's say they're middle manager, they're married, um, and their concerns are specifically this. Great. Okay? Or I'm going into a corporation. Right. It's this kind of, a, you know, group. It's this kind of a, a worker class. Like I could be doing managers. I could be doing doctors or other medical professionals. I could be whatever. Right. Facilities laid out this way and whatnot. Right. And do my research so that once I know who I'm talking to, the easy part for me is to reach into this freaking body of knowledge and lay that out in the way that's best for those people. The hard work is to figure out what their concerns are, what their fears are, what their motivations are, those kind of things, right? Once I know those, well, shit, okay, what the, what the primary threat is and 
primary, secondary, and tertiary threat for this given industry. Okay? Now, shit, I can have chat GPT, right? This is what I do. This is what programs I already have in place or whatever. Who's the best avatar? Who's, who's the best person that I should be talking to about that? How long did that take me a couple of weeks ago? Five minutes? Freaking spit it right out, right? Yep. Give me another one, right? And it, it even assigned the person, and it wasn't a real person, but it assigned a, a name to work with. They're between this age and this age. They have this kind of a job. Right, great. What are their concerns? What, pre- what would prevent them from engaging in a program? Before this, holy shit. Like I said, it would take me weeks, if not months, to put together that kind of understanding so I'm not just throwing shit to the wind and hoping that it sticks. Right? But I took three days to learn chat GPT because you can't just type anything in. You'll get shit back. But those three days were spent reading articles and watching YouTube videos from people who already did the work and produced the kind of results I want to produce. So it can't be a knowledge thing. It can't be an I don't know. That's a cop-out. And if it was, well, I didn't know you could do that. Well, if you can see, because maybe. Right. YouTube's an information device. I thought it was just like it. All it ever shows me are cat videos and and, you know, people complaining about the way the world is from this perspective. Well, that's all it shows you, because the algorithm is designed to show you what you always watch. So if you think the world is a certain way based on social media, you did it to yourself. Because I click on links that have to do with things that. I don't buy into, but I want to know what the wing nuts are talking about. So guess what? The algorithm shows me shit on both sides of the political aisle, both sides of agendas, all that kind of stuff, because that's that's called being well-informed and not this is my belief system and I'm going to guess about the, the people I see as my, my enemy. Right? And besides that, if I'm a warrior, that's in direct violation of Sun Tzu's art of war. We all know that one, right? It's the most bandied around quote, just like karma, just like enlightenment, just like warrior. If I know neither myself nor my opponent, I can never hope to win. Right? If I only know myself or the opponent, but not the other, for every win, I will suffer a loss. Only by knowing both myself and my enemy can I, can I be undefeated. That's why professional sports teams spend their weeks studying video of the upcoming game with the team they're going to be playing, dissecting their moves. You think these guys just like get paid millions of dollars and sit around doing nothing. There's a really good um, uh, documentary that my wife just watched on quarterbacks, like the, the highest paid, most successful quarterbacks and whatnot in the professional, in the NFL, okay? These guys, their lives are not what you keep seeing in the media. Their weeks 
they have shit in their ear where they're they're like going over the coded plays so that the other team can't read lips and know what the hell that play is, right? There are these codes that when they get into huddles, right, they spit out a bunch of gibberish, but they're getting the gibberish from the tacticians on the sideline who put in their ear. They have to remember this long string and then spit it out. And so these guys are doing everything from freaking memory retention training to like all kinds of stuff. Right? That's what they're getting paid for. They're getting paid to be the field commander on the field with the army. Meanwhile, the tacticians back at headquarters who can see the big picture, not just what they can see from the nine yard line, right? Saying, look, do this. Okay. Or, you know what? I don't know. We're, we're, we're pretty clear, but I don't know. They're, they're, they're screwing with me. Um, from inside that, you're going to have to make your best judgment. This is no different than teachers sharing their experience because they have a bigger view. This is no different than you still have to call the shot from inside that bubble while the fist, feet, and blades are flying or whatever. No different. Okay? Doing it or not doing it. All have consequences. Either way, karma's a bitch. We either suffer through the training, suffer with not knowing which decision, but making one and then monitoring things, because it's a lot of work. I've taught my kids growing up, right? Pay attention. Be aware. Dad, this is a lot of hard work. I know. I know, baby. I apologize. The, the good thing about being aware is that you can see problems happening before they become too big for you to handle. The downside to awareness is you have to be aware for two people. You and the other guy who's not paying attention. Multiplied by how many other people that are in your theater of operation. It is what it is. Right? So we either suffer through the process or we suffer at the other end. Either way, karma's a bitch. Because choosing to train and actually actively engaging in it Karma's a bitch. It's painful. Training hurts. It's confusing. Sometimes you feel like a failure. Sometimes you think you knew, and then that bubble got popped. And physically, oh, yeah, it hurts. Way back in the day, way, way back, I'm talking like early 80s, Hatsumi Sensei did an article about this kind of thing. And this is where I'm going to wrap things up. He did this article, and his point, and this might have worked into one of the books too, but he was he was talking about student motivations for why they train. And like some people would would mention things like, well, you know, it, it's a it's a good fitness workout, but it's interesting. It's not like lifting weights and everything. And he goes, getting in shape. Holy shit. Martial arts training hurts. There's a whole lot easier way with less pain to get in shape. Go to the Y. Walk, run, whatever. And other people would say, well, I train because, like, the philosophy is awesome. You know, I mean, just 
get my life in order and all that kind of stuff. And he'd go right back to, really? Yeah. But you're going to do the martial arts stuff? That hurts, right? And your teachers, if they care about you, are going to pop your ego bubble every chance they get, right? You want to do feel-good stuff? Go to church, right? And he would go down a line of reasons that people would train and point out the pain and give them an easier out. Now, what teacher that is trying to manipulate people spends their time talking you out of training? How many kuden do I spend talking about if you're not careful? This is going to happen, right? It's easier to just stop. Okay? How many times do I rub salt in wounds? Knowing that people will, right? If I needed disciples, if I needed... If I needed this stuff, if I needed people to hang out, right? I would talk to you like all these other guys do. This is great, man. It's awesome. When you get this, you're going to have all this kind of stuff. And yeah, you know what? It's painful getting there. It's fucking confusing. It's, yeah. It's worth it. But every time you hit that point, where you're one step from it's too much fucking work. You got to take the step anyway. Because you know what? The stuff farther down the line, it's even worse than that. But nothing is worse than somebody sending you or a loved one to the emergency room or the morgue. I take that back. To me, nothing is worse than choosing to not think about those things see still bad karma anyway all right james last call is there anything you want to throw on top of this or is there something i missed in a conversation somebody did something this morning and those things kind of converged and just pissed me off <laughs> gozanze myo uh, just mm. was coming out <laughs> He's this character that has, he's my, uh, uh, my patron deity is Kokuzo, who's a teacher at the end of the path. It's the one step beyond enlightenment and wisdom. Not that I'm enlightened, right? But it's the universe. It's a representation of the universe teaching itself. It's the loop back, right? Um, but the protective deity is Gozanze. Gozanze is like Fudo. Everybody knows Fudo, right? But Gozanze has six arms. There's a weapon in each arm. He has fangs. Uh, he has three eyes, surrounded by flames. He is the destroyer of evil in the three realms. Evil includes ignorance, hatred, manipulation, just general bullshit. The three times are past, present, and future, for anybody that cares, right? But uh, basically, one of the aspects of Gozanze is to act as a mirror in front of somebody who is just a jack wagon to everybody else because they're self-serving. So in my guise as Gozanze, um, I don't need that person to like me. What that person needs is for somebody to tell them no. That What that person needs is for a mirror to pop up so that they can see how they're treating other people. But you can't explain it to them. So karma's a bitch. I will speak, act, 
and engage with that person the way they speak, act, and engage with other people. Now they can directly experience the karma that they're, the karmic result, the karmic energy they're creating for somebody else. Now they get to experience it. And you know what? They don't like it very much. And you know what? I, I would say I don't care, but I do care. Because if I didn't care enough to help them break out of their bullshit living, I wouldn't engage with them. Okay? But I'm not going to avoid them like everybody else does. Because avoiding them or letting them do what they do or patronizing them right, just enables them to continue to do the same thing. And it reinforces that habit pattern and that belief system that acting this way allows me to get what I want. I don't have to think about the shit I left in my wake because all that matters is that I got what I wanted. Anyway. Uh, Glenn Baker said, I think you just nailed it with procrastinate or self-doubt. I'm not talking about anything I didn't go through. And Julie and Phil put some things in here about their value from QDEN. Oh, cool. Thanks, guys. Go through those. Do you just want them? No, no, well, no, no, no. No, we don't need to share those things. People can see them if they scroll down. Um, We'll just, I I just want to use them. And then if they, again, if I'm not allowed to use them generally, like on the website or something like that, where you'd be communicating, you'd be sharing. What, What I'm asking for the favor is that you're sharing something that you would tell somebody else, right, to help them the way you've been helped. That's that's what I'm asking, right? So how have you benefited? Right? i got to trim my mustache. keeps freaking tickling my nose. Anyway, the people that listen to audio only don't have to go through watching me go through an episode where it looks like I'm – is he picking his nose or is he – no, I've got – Two freaking hairs right here that are just poking up in my nostrils. Anyway, all right, what else? That was it. Yes. Do you have anything you want to throw on top of this fire? No. Is karma a bitch? (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. And here's here's something I want to leave you with. Everybody wants progress. Everybody wants growth. Everybody wants the benefit. But nobody wants the pain, the confusion, the frustration. I get it. It's the way we're wired. The problem is that It's, you can't have it that way. It doesn't work like that. The caterpillar doesn't become a butterfly by just waking up that way. It seals itself up, it changes, and then it has to break out of that chrysalis, cocoon, whatever you want to call it. Okay, Many don't make it. I had a friend one time Uh, When we were kids, 
uh, he cut open a, a cocoon to make it easier for the butterfly to get out because it was trying to get out and it was whatever, right? So he cut it open, right? The butterfly came out, limped around for a couple minutes, and then just died. Okay? Because he interrupted the process. He might have nicked it, he might have cut it, whatever, right? He thought he was being compassionate. Okay? Whether it's a sword, whether it's the butterfly, whatever, right? Okay? And the last thing that I better ever, heads up, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, whatever, right? I better ever hear from my students is I can't do that. That's not me. One, you can do it. Two, no shit, it's not you. If you keep doing what's you, you keep producing you. You don't get a different outcome by doing the same shit. I know this is that cliche that everybody hears. Everybody nods. Everybody's in agreement. But nobody's willing to apply the changes necessary to make rapid, significant growth because, say, another one of the hindrances is fear. What if it doesn't work out? Or whatever, right? That's not me. No shit. You're not going to be the same person when you accomplish. I am not the same person that started on this path. And I don't mean age. I don't mean anything like that. Okay. You, you don't listen to. You, you don't listen to student stories. You don't listen to excuses. You don't go through the disappointment of watching people squander their potential or quit before their time or whatever. You don't <laughs> spend thousands of dollars to, to go to seminars or Japan or whatever and have your ass handed to you and have your ego, you know, your bubble burst and all that kind of stuff over and over again to, to find out how the world really works and, and how bad human beings can be. Uh, all that, you, you, you know, you know, you don't, you don't stay the same. Right. So um, and that's good and bad, but it is what it is. Okay. Not the same guy. And that's a good thing because I don't anger as easily. And the things that do anger me. Right. Are the things that a lot of people want to blow off. Right? He's just being him. No, he's a disrespectful fuck. He has no idea how much damage he's causing. Right. And if he breaks that person. By continuing to belittle them or harm them psychologically, emotionally, or whatever, they will have no chance at success. Zero. And I would rather break him and make him feel bad to give them a chance than to do what everybody else is doing. Feel bad for them, but not incite them because I don't want to be his target. I spent a lifetime putting that armor on. You can target me all you want. It's not going to go well. Okay? It's easy to talk about becoming that person. 
people are right. It is too much damn work. But somebody's got to do it. And that's exactly how every warrior feels. The first time I heard that was Hatsumi Sensei telling me that Takamatsu said it. Who the hell wants to be a warrior? Well, everybody wants to be a warrior. Really? Let me rephrase the question. Who the hell wants to be up at 4 a.m. in chafing armor, in wet, dew-filled grass, training, when everybody else is spooning with their honey, still sleeping? Who wants to have pressure points hit? Who wants to risk being broken? Who wants to get dazed or risk concussion or whatever? Nobody in their fucking right mind wants to do that. But somebody has to. Because when the lions show up, if we're all spooning, we all get eaten. So, and the worst dragons, worst tigers or whatever, are not the ones that are going to come at you with claws and fangs. They're the ones that are going to come at you with ignorance, desire, manipulation, and that kind of bullshit. Because they're the ones that destroy the human heart. Anyway, that's all I have for this one. So, hopefully I'll see you at some point for regular training. We have, uh, uh, pretty soon we'll be outlining uh, another online program we're going to be doing because we only have two classes left in the Sanji Chichi Dobon program. And based on what they may want to do, uh, we may be doing a reboot on the first seven steps on the path of a Buddha. We may be doing the Ninja no Hachimon. We, I don't know. Right. But um, we have other live ones uh, happening because we're updating things and we're going to be reopening the doors on the Foundations of Ninja Self-Defense Mastery Program uh, and also Ninpo Mastermind. So for those people who are upper levels who want that kind of stuff to a higher degree, Ninpo Mastermind is probably OK. Um, but we did find a couple of people that signed up for uh, Foundations of Ninja Self-Defense Mastery, right? Our Module 1 program, and they're like, holy shit, this is Module 1? Yeah. Imagine what Module 2 through 5 and then the Black Belt levels have in it. So James is going up all the time. He's like, shit. Because you've seen the other programs, right? Right. Anyway, it is what it is, right? Now you can get like 10 of them, 10 of my best programs, not mine, right? 10 of my best programs, $37, right? Get your first belt and, and whatever, okay? I'm not here to attract those kind of people. Part of pissing people off and part of doing this process is to make sure that, and it's been working, right? The last several people that have come to us to get into the, the online, the Platinum Coaching Program have binge listened to Kuden as their primary source of things, right? But it's a tempering thing. I definitely want to talk people out of it that are not, they're not going to make it for a good teacher-student fit. We can be friends, but teacher-student relationship, I'm not that guy who's going to go, doing well, awesome, keep going. I mentioned that tonight in one class, didn't I? <laughs> I asked people what they learned at the end of class, and, oh, God, it was painful. I looked at somebody else besides James is in the uh, our Shinobi Kai program. I said, can you imagine me tolerating this in a Shinobi Kai class? 
be a bad class. What's that? That'd be a bad class. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't go well. Okay. What do we say about Shinobi Kai? It's difficult to get in, but it's easy to leave. Yeah. Once you've decided it's not for you, don't ask to come back. Okay. Because I'm not walking on eggshells, and I'm not not doing my job. I'm not doing, I'm, and I'm not harsh to be a dick. It's not about that. It's the tempering process. You're either going to be a warrior or you don't. And if you want to be a 21st century, well, you you don't understand. You can't talk to people like that anymore. Well, then they shouldn't come into the program. Because if they think the bad guy is going to be nice and not push them into areas that they don't want to go in, especially the ones who know you and flip on you, oh, dude, they know you. Man, they know all of your freaking pressure points. My job is not just to teach you moves. Shit, you don't need to pay any teacher for that. Everybody and their brother has fucking techniques up on YouTube. Have at it. Most people believe that that's how they can learn the art. No. You can learn some example techniques. You can load up your, your hard drive. You can get some insights. But you're not getting guidance. You can't ask a video question. You can't have a video give you the hard truth. Not for longer than you're willing to take it anyway, because you can always click next. It's harder to do that when you're face-to-face with a teacher. By clicking next or by walking out of the dojo or by ending a Zoom call or whatever, you have to admit to yourself, them, and the universe, it's just too damn much work. And people do that all the time. They swap churches, they swap teachers. Why do they do it? Because they weren't hearing what they wanted to hear. They've already self-determined what the truth was and what truth they want to live to. And it's not really truth. Okay? Best thing I've heard lately is there's no such thing as personal truth. There's ultimate truth. There's conventional truth, which is navigation stuff, like 2 p.m. or it's what? 8.17 p.m. Eastern Standard Time now, which means it's 5 or whatever at some other place in the world. Okay, whatever. But there's truth and there's your opinion. So, one of the most painful questions my Mikio teacher ever asked me before accepting me as a student was, do you really want to know the truth? And he gave me weeks to ponder that after giving me a warning as to why I was probably going to say yes from an egocentric perspective. Anyway, so before we put everybody to sleep, anything else? No, sir. Okay, fantastic. James, thank you very much. Um, We'll do what we normally do when we end this. Everybody else, talk to you next week. I don't know what the topic is. Maybe uh, one of you will inspire me. Um, in one direction or another. Uh, we'll see what happens, right? Whiteboard Wednesday is this Wednesday, and I do know what I'm covering, I think. Don't I already? I don't know if I have the graphics made or not. Whiteboard Wednesday this week is, for those who care, uh, Master of the Katana. 
Wow, I already did those. Holy crap. Um, in that case, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's on another set of notes. So anyway, I'm just kinda, I don't want to keep this thing dragging out. So I'll talk to everybody again. If I don't see you on live for Whiteboard Wednesday, then I'll talk to you next week on Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe through your favorite podcasting site or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.